The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Gone to the Movies episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 752, and I'm Snowy White. And dear listeners, this is Aaron, and you're listening to the Radioactive Metal podcast. I don't know why I went there rather than say this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Call Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. It is the hottest blackest, most metal coffee you will ever find. It is hotter than a church in Norway. Blacker than the blackest black, because I think that's like a thing. Like, there's like a paint color now that's like supposed to be like the blackest black that like absorbs all light. Oh, um, okay. I don't know. I hear people talk about stuff. I'm like, whatever. Just give me a nice gloss black on my guitars. We're good. But anyway... Um, but it's hotter than that. It's blacker than that. It's the most metal coffee you're ever going to have. And it's good coffee, especially if you like coffee, like it's good coffee and I don't drink coffee. So if Mm -hmm. I like it and you like coffee, you're probably going to like it because it's good coffee. So T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there and possess yourself a cup today. What is happening, dear snowman? Well, with... Myself, I was just at a black metal show last night. I'll get into that with uh, into my metal fix in a little bit. Um, but you know that 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 had me thinking. Like there was a whole group of people inside the theater that would just absolutely love something called True Commalts coffee, and I certainly hope a number of those people at this particular show last night are subscribing i've got um i've got some cold brew true cavalts going here before i switch over into some fireball in uh the hardwired mug that you sent me a couple years back or when that wow. record came out i still got that mug i still wow. use it and i figured you know what with today's with today's topic, I think it's kind of appropriate that I use that particular one. I have a problem with mugs. Okay, like I really do. Like 
I'm running out of space in the cupboard. We're going to have to, I got, and I keep saying I'm going to do this. I got to go through the cupboard. There's a bunch of shit I got to get rid of there because I need more space. And with spirit of Halloween opening already, I've already bought a new cup. I've already bought a new mug. Uh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Cap Crystal Lake. No. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 It was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, they have the, they have the mugs, you know, as you're going into line to go to the cashier, but you have all the impulse items, right? Well, there's a guy, I don't know this guy. Okay. He's, he's, he's in front of me. I'm looking at the mugs. I say out loud, you know, I really don't need another mug. And he just kind of turns around and looks at me and goes, yes, you do. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I, I think I want this one. <laughs> and I know, I know I'll buy, I'll buy a few more this, this fall season. And like I said, I'm running out of room, but I just, I know I'm thinking, you know, okay, you have to stop buying all of these awesome mugs. But when you see one that's like really cool, you go, ah, well, would one more hurt? Like, I know I don't need it, but I think I need this one. I feel like uh, you do so. need that one. And I feel like you yeah. probably need some more because I go through the same thing you're going through. Uh, and my, my wife's even worse, you know, and, okay. and she's worse because she's so easy to buy mugs for that. I like buy her four or five in a year. So we'll get the cupboard cleared out. Oh, look, we have this space and we store some things. And then, you know, by the end of the year, it's all full again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, that's how we go. So I, yeah. I try to slow down on my personal mug purchases to save more space for hers. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with I, you. like when you find a good I, mug, you know, that just speaks to you. Like I You have to. You have to. Yeah. At, at my Clark Kent job, every Christmas we do the, the, the Secret Santa and the and management always says, and don't bother, you know, don't. Don't buy a mug or anything like that. But I'm thinking, okay, anyone that knows me knows, okay, Old Snowy will appreciate a really cool mug if I put some thought into it. If I go to, uh, you know, to uh, Sunrise or I go to Spirit, or Spirit would be closed come Christmas. But, you know, if I go find something with a cool logo on it, well, that's a great gift. And I say, bring it on. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so here we are once again. Thank you so much. And I know, I know you're uh, you're going on at the bit to uh, talk about today's topic, and I and so am I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be one of these one of these topics where we're already going to have so much to say before the actual show started. It's just a very unique situation and we can't wait to jump into it. Yeah. And I'm wishing, cause like I, uh, long story short, and I'll explain later a little more here, but I had tickets to both nights. I only went to Sunday and I wish I would have just gone late to Friday nights. Um, especially after being there Sunday and just the experience. I'm like, Oh man, I should have gone Friday too. <laughs> cause it was just so good. 
It was. It was. I can't wait to get into it. One of the things, you know, that I can't wait to get into right now is this week's mandatory metal, courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. I want to go back into the snowy vaults here. Um, in the late 80s, going into the early 90s, there was this wicked thrash band out of Alberta, and I really don't think that they get the same kind of thought, the same, you know, like how, how how people are always talking about the sacrifices and the slaughter, Razor, Voivod. It's unfortunate that the disciples of power aren't really spoken in that same breath. They're kind of in the next tier and all that. And I always thought that was too bad because right from their first record and all the way through their sh their their short career, I was always right into them. So, yeah, for tonight's mandatory metal, let's give a bit of love to the Disciples of Power from their self-titled 1989 record. This is Disciples of Power. Shall we remain? 
very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, what's going on? Well, sir, um, my biggest metal fix is seeing Metallica this past weekend, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about here, you know, live in the theaters. Um, and I, I took uh, like a bunch of notes, but there are notes pretty much only I'm going to understand. Um, right. But let's see here. Did we talk about the last voyage of the Demeter on the air last week. I can't remember. Uh, I know we recently talked about it, how we both wanted to see it. And I, and I still haven't. And I, it, I think it's, it's kind of tanking, which is well, really too bad. Yeah. And I think it's because of what it's up against because Barbie and Oppenheimer have been blowing the box office out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Barbie was number one for almost four weeks in a row. Wow. You know, and I mean, when's the last time, you know, post COVID you've heard of anything being number one, four weeks in a row. Oh no, it's, this is, this, this is new territory and I'm, I'm still kind of in awe. Like, like when they announced this Barbie movie and I saw the, when I saw the first, the first, the first trailer, excuse me, I was like, Okay, this looks kind of interesting. Maybe I'll wait for Netflix. I saw another trailer. Thought about it some more. Actually, I think I want to see this in the theater. So I did. Oh, you okay. did? Yes, okay. yes. I did. Me and a billion other people took uh, took it in. and uh, Literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually surprised how well it's been doing i figured okay it's you know it it's gonna find its target you know and it's 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 going to do well i never would have ever thought it was gonna surpass the dark knight you know yeah you know the batman movie as warner brothers biggest biggest movie ever well 
you 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 can't fight the power of the little girl that's inside all women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because like my sister took her daughter, and her, and her daughter, my niece, is like in her early to mid twenties right now. Okay, and so my you know my sister and her daughter went, and I mean I talked to my sister after she's like oh. She's like, I had every Barbie and like, like just, she was eight years old again. Right. You know? And like, I, I mean, there are movies that do that for me. Like heck seeing Indiana Jones, we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. There's those movies that just like, you are that age again, you are in a different world and who doesn't want that experience? And of course, of this course. is probably, and, and I know there's people that hate Barbie, which I find funny. Right. But I mean, anything that's popular, somebody has to hate it just because oh, I, I feel that I really do feel that some people just to ha- just have to be contrary, like, or, or mm-hmm. they can't function, you know? And, and I don't mean that negatively or rude. Like, I just feel like some people just, just have to be that way. Like it, it's the whole yin yang thing, right? The whole balance, right. you know, but, um, so you've got all these people that love Barbie and, I think they just got to relive that part of their childhood. And I feel a few of them probably lived it over and over, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only way that like a movie like this can make and do so well is, you know, there's gotta be some re- repeat viewings in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It has to be, it has to be. But anyway, yes. Like, so the, the last voyage of the Denver has come out during this time. And so has the Meg two movies that I want to see mm-hmm. haven't made it to the theater yet because all my weekends have been playing this musical, which I love. And this is my last weekend playing it. And I am very sad. We'll talk about that here in a second too. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping I can find the last voyage of the Denver playing soon or, Worst case scenario, if it does tank, for the love of goodness, I hope one of the streaming services brings it out quickly. Oh, yeah. At least brings it to purchase on digital quickly, because I really want to see this. And I I think they'd be stupid not to, especially if it's not doing well right now, I, I feel like they would be dumb to not try to get it onto a streaming platform in time for October 1st. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think if they do that, it's going to find its audience. You know, because mm-hmm. all the previews I saw looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's based on a single chapter in the book of Dracula, like that's some good writing right there. But it just it looks like they really got a good story going, and I don't know. I'm 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 excited. Mm-hmm. For, it, for it's that, on the. So. It's on the still on the top of my theatrical list. Yeah. Now, speaking of Halloween, because, you know, spirits open, it's August, it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever read the original Sleepy Hollow book? No, and I and I definitely should. You I really th- should. It, mm-hmm. man, boy, does it take you to a different time and place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because like, um, I've watched the Disney cartoon over of course. and over, right? Like that, that's just a staple in my house and Halloween has been for, you know, as long as I have memories at this point. But um, reading the book, you realize that they were really close to the book. You know, they, they took some liberties because, you know, Disney always gets crap for those sorts of things. But the liberties they took really made sense to make it an entertaining animated film, you know. But man, reading the book, I'm like, wow, what a great read. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. It's 
it, it's written in a style in which nobody speaks anymore. And it's really cool because like at first it feels weird as you're reading it, your mind. And then once you've done it for a little bit, then like you're part of that world, you know, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I, I really, really enjoy it. So yeah, hats off to that. Um, for anybody who missed the Metallica in cinemas and isn't going to have Metallica in a uh, town near them, um, Apple Music has the Metallica playlist, right? So they have the 72 Seasons playlist for their sets. And mm-hmm. I was checking it against our sets, and it's not quite everything. Um, and I was all, all, honestly, I also wanted to check to see if it changes night to night, day to day kind of thing. Uh, since, you know, it's a no, no repeat weekend. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's going on. And then last thing. And I don't know how I missed this. Did you see what's coming to Apple TV Plus sometime this fall? Uh, I'm I see a lot of things. So I see a lot of things. I'm, yeah, I've seen a lot of things, man. Legacy of Monsters. It's, okay. it's going to be all about the monarch. It's it's the next part of like the the modern Godzilla series. Yeah, it's, it's TV series. Yes, yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, okay. How does how does okay? This is a, another channel, another streaming service. It is. Oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is one of the less expensive ones as okay. far as the ones that I've seen. I think it's maybe like five bucks a month. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's not bad. Then. No, it's 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 not horrible. And quite honestly, um, it's it's again, it's Apple TV Plus, and you can get it on your Roku, so you'll be able to get it on your Roku TV. Yeah. Um, but they have some really interesting shows. Like, there's another show they have that just wrapped that I finished watching called Silo. Have you heard of that show? No, no. But so. Apparently, some guy self-published like a PDF ebook to Amazon, and it became like this cult sensation sort of thing. Apple picked it up and made a series out of it. Oh, okay. And it's phenomenal. It is my type of sci-fi. It is. There's a good story. It's creepy as heck. Like it's. It, it it feels like something we would have been all about in 1985, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's one of those, those those kind of things where I'm like, it's written in such a way, like oh yeah, yeah, this is very, like you know, be it because in you know in 1985, you know, we were all convinced that you know the next day the world was just gonna be a nuclear wasteland. Uh huh. You know? And and it fits that, you know, because that's kind of what's going on. It's really cool, dude. It's really cool. You definitely got to check that out. But yeah, so that's everything that's going on, man. That's my metal fix because we're going to talk about the show here soon. Uh, Okay, okay. Myself, it's definitely what we've established over the years on this show. It's definitely been a snowy week because I took in a couple shows, went to, you know, went, 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 went to the record shop and... The Thunderflix channel is really paying off for me so far because um, I started watching uh, Megadeth's uh, Live in Buenos Aires. Oh, yeah. Now, with with that, with, okay, what, what Thunderflix does, okay, is they have their section for documentaries 
and for concerts, movies, TV shows, and 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 all that good stuff. The concerts, though, and I guess maybe they're doing this because it's relatively new. I think it's only been out for a couple weeks now, but their concerts are just screening, you know, their band's live DVDs, which is good right now. I can't wait for, like, actual concert concerts to, to start appearing. But, I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I've... I started, like I said, the Megadeth live in Buenos Aires. That was the lineup with the Drover Brothers. Okay, so that's extra special for radioactive metal here because we've had we've had both Drovers on the show in the past. So that was really cool. I want to I want to finish it as soon as I could because I see I start watching it, and then you know, oh shit, we have to get going. I'm stepping out for the evening, you know. So it's like, okay, I'll get back to it. When I can, what I did manage to get through, because it was only like an hour and 10 minutes, but the live onslaught DVD, Welcome to the Slaughterhouse, another radioactive metal alum. We've had Nice Rocket on a couple times, and hopefully, you know, next onslaught record, we'll, we'll talk to him again. And it was fantastic. Like, like, this is one of the onslaught or one of the all-time great bands you know, from any era, <clears throat> it's really cool seeing. Um, yeah, they they go back to the to the early '80s with their more hard hardcore sound, and then once the mid once the mid '80s, you know, they kind of switched it up to a more thrash sound. And so, yeah, while they're it, it's awesome for us old timers. It's good to see the youngins as well picking up on all the cool stuff they're doing. And yeah, Onslaught kind of did the metal thing as the new wave of British heavy metal was kind of dying down. But no way, man. To me, you know, Onslaught will always be part of that. Uh, So yeah, I, I can't recommend it. We're not getting paid for this or anything. This is just what we like you know, we're just talking about the shit that that we like. I fully recommend uh, Thunderflix for like seven bucks a month. You know, I went to a show last night. I bought a screwdriver that costs more. You know, and so Phillips that's or flathead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yes. I'm discovering the wonderful world of screwdrivers now since I've given up beer. You know, and when I don't want to get too much into the hard stuff and i understand it's vodka and all that but yeah when i when i just when i just want to sip something at the show when i want to be mr responsible okay yeah just sip sipping a nice cold screwdriver i don't even think you understand how metal the statement that you just said was why is that well do you understand who else made that exact same statement oh shit let me did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. When 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 he had to um, knock off the um, the Jack and Coke and watch the sugar, he switched to vodka and orange juice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just hear you say this, I'm like, I he doesn't even get it, does he? I guess yeah. I'm not even looking for him yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm guess I'm just too busy yapping. But yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. That just made my day. That's so funny. That's that's as fucking metal as it gets, right there, dude. Right on, right on. Uh, yeah, what else was going on here? Before I get into the live show I took in last night, I did 
hit the... Uh... Okay, so I have to pause because it's okay. a live show on a Monday night where any of the people who were at the WWE show last Monday at last night's show. Uh, yeah, I had some friends that did both. Good. Because remember, we said like we were going to give them shit. Oh, that's for right. The, that's right. You're. I'm glad you're the on the ball here. I, I've had a long last couple of days. Well, here. yeah. I guess you have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do my best to get back into the proper snowy head space here. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, we were like, okay, all these people that are, you know, taking in. Um, Pro wrestling at a hundred bucks, you know. Here's here's this kick-ass black metal for thirty, maybe. Yeah. If if that also on a Monday night. So hey, yeah, yeah. Um, hit the record shop. Uh, actually, both 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 my usual haunts, both um. Planet of Sound and Old Gold Vintage Vinyl. The only thing I found at Planet of Sound this time was I finally, okay, and I don't know why this is, okay, but I finally bought my very first Dag Nasty album. I, they um, had a, uh, a secondhand CD of the combined can. Can I say and the wigged out at Denko's albums, you know, compilation CD. And while I'm kind of digging through the treasures, you know, they slapped this CD on. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I go up to the front just to say, say bye to Dave and Kathy. Shout out, guys, at Planet of Sound. To say, sorry, yeah, I don't really have anything, but what's what's this you're playing here? Oh, it's Dag Nasty. No, get out of here. Okay, wrap it up. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, cool. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, what Dag Nasty is for those, um, you know, after the demise of Minor Threat, Brian Baker went and formed Dag Nasty, and they put out there all their stuff on the Discord record label that minor threat made made famous and all that but they were listening to it you know over the pa and i'm kind of like do you want me to come back you know like the my wife and daughter are at the comic shop down down the road you want me to go get them and you can still listen to this for a while and they're like no 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 we played this yesterday okay that, that's the first time that that happened <laughs> okay I make my way a little later on in the afternoon. I make my way down to old gold vintage vinyl and our good buddy Brent's not there. So his cohort, Michelle, was, you know, holding down the fort. I picked a couple records, including finally, okay, the um, the Sweeney Todd record, the self-titled Sweeney Todd record that has Roxy Roller. They're really they're a really big hit and it's like i don't know why it took so long to finally get that record the funny thing about that about roxy roller my cohort at my clark kent job okay it's her absolute favorite song okay and whenever it comes on the radio 
I'll turn I'll turn the radio up. By then, she'll have gone from our warehouse office to the front office. Okay, and I'll go to the front office and I'll ask her, "Hey, I got something in the back here. Can you give me a hand with this?" So we go out to the warehouse together, and then I just walk away because the point is is for her to hear her favorite song. This is her. This is a tradition of ours. Now, when when whenever this happens, and you know that's her all-time favorite song for her birthday. I found a couple years back. I found a uh, a seven-inch of Roxy Roller, and like she was just blown away. It's like, holy shit! Where did you find this? It's like, well, in a record store. You know where I go every week. Where you know that I go every week. Where do you think I would, I would, I would find it? But you know, normally, normies, they don't under a lot of them don't understand that there are record shops still, or around now, and all that. So, yeah, I grabbed that. I also found another Thin Lizzy album, but it was one of one of the many uh, collector series compilations. Entitled Rocker, 1971 to 1974. Oh, rock on. Yeah, yeah, I brought it up, and as Michelle is, is you know, da, 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 she goes, oh, oh, this record. Oh, I love Thin Lizzy. I've been playing this the last couple of days. I'm going to miss it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't tell me that because I don't want to buy it now. I don't want, you know, you're enjoying it. You're enjoying playing it in the shop. And I know from my time at the Warren Music Shop, having a cool record playing while you're working, you know, is huge. Take it over more. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm like, do you want do you want to keep it? I don't have to buy it. She's like, no, no, no. This is a record That's shop. That's adorable, it's just, though. It's yeah, yeah. It's just funny how that happened twice. You know, <laughs> in one day, I figured it would uh, it would be cool to share it with our listeners. Last night, as we speak, Polish black metalers Batushka came through town, and now this Batushka. is. Yeah. <laughs> now this is this is one of those bands that there's a couple Batushkas running around. Like you know how when there's a falling out and Oh no so many times. Is this Batushka Inc. This Batushka is this, AD. basically, yeah. Like I had no idea who this Batushka was until I don't know about five years ago when our good buddy Ducky went on holiday to Colorado and this Batushka happened to be playing. And he's like, when he got back, he's like, yeah, I saw Batushka and all that. I'm like, okay, explain. Like, what the hell is a Batushka and all that? And he's going into great detail, you know, how musical connoisseurs do to one another. You and I were, were cut from the same cloth. And he's explaining how... Okay, this this Batushka is the fake one because they had a split, and one guy thinks he owns it, and the other guy thinks he, he owns it, and and all that. Well, the so-called fake Batushka had come through town. It was a, it was a really oh, so that's who you saw. You saw fake Batushka. I saw <laughs> fake. Yeah, you haven't seen the real Batushka. 
ain't seen the real one yet. Now, I don't know really. I like I don't know any of the bands like any of these bands, like either of the two. I don't know what separates them. And when I did a little bit of when I did a little bit of research, okay, the Polish names. Okay, I can't even begin to pronounce it. Well, well they're all consonants for starters. It's it's well, yeah. It's I can't I can't read this, so I'm just gonna have to. Yeah, <laughs> have to take take your word for it, you know that this is the other Batushka, and yeah. to me it doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Growing up in Eastern Pennsylvania, or I guess no, I'm sorry, I was Western Pennsylvania. Apparently, I don't know my left from my right, which it tracks. But uh, in Western PA, we had a lot of um, Polish people that seemed okay. to send us there because we had Polish Hill in Pittsburgh. But I mean, like, I, I wish I could pull up my yearbook right now and just read you some of the last names, right? <laughs> and there was a teacher that came to my kid's school, and she was just going by the her initials, like, let's say it was like a Mrs. P or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what's your name? And she shows to me, I'm like, oh, Przybylowski. And she's like, how could you pronounce that? I'm like, I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like I, I, I learned the pronunciation of those sorts of things, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's just it. Like when you start getting to different languages and how they use consonants and things like, oof, holy cow. But yeah. Yeah. So good luck on the Polish names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drop a Batushka track. I'm not even going to attempt the name of the song or the name of the album. You're just going to have to take my word for it that it's. Batushka. Seeing them live, though... How do you spell Batushka? I need to look this up, because I want to pronounce this now. Okay, in... Okay, there's... They have... Like, the... A a basic English spelling, okay? B-A-T-U-S-K-A. Okay. Okay, and then they have another weird spelling, what looks like a backwards G. G G-A-T... O W K A. That could be just part of the logo or whatever. Like it just, like it's just something. It's just like Shabaga Wonga Bong that we were talking about a couple episodes ago. There, you just have to see the name in order to go. Oh, that's that's Patushka. But to do this verbally, oh, forget it. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Up until the dispute, just wow. Oh yeah, hang on. Let's see here. Can I, discography. Um. Yep. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not even. Not, I'm like. Not, no. Not even gonna try it. Yeah. Just, nope. Nope. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Okay. Very. Very. Okay. It's. It's nothing. Like we kind of haven't. We kind of seen this before. But like, there's there's stage set with 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 the candles and the you know and the backdrop. And all that. They all played under cloaks and they had torches going and all that. And before before the band had started, one of the security guards at the park theater, a good friend of mine, Curtis, he comes up to me and he goes, Snowy, Snowy, you want to be a druid? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, the band was just saying they need people to be a druid. That's no, awesome. I'm just kidding. But 
you were thinking about it, weren't you? <laughs> oh, and I was. I and I have to admit, I was like, dude, okay. I'm, I'm already in. Do I'm they? like, what, Druid? Yeah, sign yeah. me up. I'll do it. What do I need to do? So based, like, if I'm thinking, okay, like, if they want me to go up on stage in a cloak and a hood and hold a torch for for an hour, right? I'll do it. <laughs> you know, count me in. All right, but yeah, no. Unfortunately, he was just kind of pulling my man. My, that's uh, not a funny joke. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah. Was, tell me, Santa Claus isn't real, Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, it was a really interesting show. Like that's like uh, you recall last year. Um, I went to the Mes de Mortz black metal festival in montreal last november and it's coming up soon i'm gonna head my we're we're gonna head out again it's a three-night festival by the time that third night was just starting i just i just said to ducky you know what you're you're on your own i'm going back to the i'm going back to the airbnb like three nights of this atmospheric black metal i don't know man one night of it okay sure Sure, that's absolutely fantastic. The the support acts on this tour was a band I never really gave them much um, much thought, but they have been here a number of the times before. Was Swallow the Sun and Winnipeg's own um, Hell's Headbanger recording artist Nocturnal Departure. They were two of the support acts. The third act was. A really cool American death thrash band, kind of in the same vein as like a dissection, like that type of thrash called Storm Ruler. You know, you know, ruling the storm and all that. And I never even heard of this band until they announced it. I got halfway through the set. Okay. And I made my way to the merch booth. You know, I'm buying something. From here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Gonna go grab a vinyl or a CD or whatever. And I, but I get there, they're asking way too much for the vinyl. So I settle on the Sacred Reichs and Black Magic CD available on Napalm Records. Okay, I settle on that. But as the show was kind of winding down, I was saying, I was saying to Dustin, okay. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to get about halfway home and I'm going to think to myself, well, the CD is good. Ah, maybe I should have shelled out a couple more bucks and just got the vinyl. I know I'm going to do that. Sure enough, I got halfway home. Mrs. Snowy came and picked me up. I got halfway home and I said to her, you know, the CD is really cool. Now I'm thinking I probably should have shelled out a couple extra bucks and bought the vinyl. Like that is, uh, this happened to you, you know. You've come home from the shop, from from the record shop, and said, "Ah, I should have done this. I should have done that." You think you're being Mister Responsible, but then it's like, Ugh. that was really really cool uh, band. Um, in a storm ruler i wasn't really expecting much but it was just one of those pleasant surprises shall we say uh that's enough of my yapping for now we should 
get into some uh, cool tunage here. How about the aforementioned Batushka? Batushka. Batushka. And don't ask me. Like, I pride myself on the fact, you know, when we play a song, we always mention a title or like an album title as well. Because I've been noticing... And this has actually been going on for a while now, but it really only hit me just a couple days ago. And I was pissing around on Facebook about this. Commercial radio doesn't seem to mention album titles anymore. Like, remember when we were younger and all that, when we were listening to the radio, that was this band, the song such and such off the album so and so. They don't do that anymore. I don't know if you've noticed that yeah. or not. I, th- I think what it is, is we're just, it's all about streaming now. It's all about individual songs as opposed to albums. Well, and I was wondering if they, ju- like, because they just don't know. Like, if they just don't write that stuff down, you know. That could be it. That could be it. Instead of the record company sending the physical, you know, I don't like the word product, but the physical media to the station, they might just be getting uh, MP3s. Or, I would say they're probably getting MP3s. Yeah, yeah, and then they just put yeah. it into their computer, and instead of playing a record like Dr. Johnny Fever did, right? you know, they just press a button, and that's boring. You know, so we have to get, like, a professional DJ on here one day, just even from just around here. Oh. And, and we need to find them from different generations, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, like, my old boss, when I worked at Radio Shack, he was a DJ. And um, he was there when everything was manual, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he was there when they switched to the cart machines. So you, you pull in a cart, everything was pre-recorded. Um, and that way you could automate the studio overnight and still have, like, live people on the air. You know, uh-huh. um, and what was funny is it, it, it's it's the classic it's the classic businessman blunder, right? Because you know, uh, like the stereotypical guy who's who's gonna fire everybody and find a way to do it cheaper and make more money, and then shoots himself in the foot. So the guy gets this machine. My boss, just being a very inquisitive person, enjoying that sort of stuff, was the only person who knew how to run it because he sat down and read the manual. And he's like, oh, this is really cool. You can do this. You can do that. Well, so the guy then fires everybody. And then after that realizes he doesn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of moron are you? Right? <laughs> and so he has to hire my boss back to teach him how to program it. You know, and, and so I, I think it'd be great if we could find DJs from different eras, you know. Make for, yeah, make for a fantastic chat. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, like, now that we say that, like, like we, we need to put this out in the universe. How could we hear, right? Because we've got all the streaming technologies and all these different things. How could we hear, set up, and play vinyl like the old days. Hmm. Like plug a turntable into my computer? Yeah. Yeah, and stream <laughs> it live. Ah, that'd be kind of cool. 
like like why not? Like you know they they do all these other things. I mean, we just saw Metallica streamed live from Texas all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like it, a, a turntable shouldn't be that challenging, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We should look into that. Okay, all the now I know we have other podcasters that listen to the show, and I know we have techie, techie nuts and all that. Get a hold of us. Yeah. If if you can think of a way of, you know, that we can get a, you know, a uh, turntable hooked up to my computer here, like I would be all for that. You should ask Matt. Yeah, I, I should. I, I bet you it's something he he'd be up on. Yes, yes, my cohort at um, Wrestling Night in Canada. He's a he's an actual producer. He produces local local bands and albums and all that. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll see what he has to say. Well, let's see what Butushka here has to say. Like once again, sorry, this is just Butushka. Enjoy.
I think this is a first two as well. We've we played lots of minor threat over the years. I don't think in the almost 17 years we've never dropped a track from the almighty Dag Nasty before. That was the title track from the Can I C E P. And before that, that was the Mighty Onslaught. Going back to that awesome debut record, A Power from Hell. That was a thermonuclear, nuclear, 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 thermonuclear sounds good. Thermonuclear devastation. Great song, great song. And it's just, they're still pulling that track out live today. It's absolutely fantastic. Great, great stuff. Old stuff never dies. For sure, for sure. Well, my friend, I know here, like I said, at the top of the hop, you're, uh, Gnawing at the bit here. Um, this just a couple days ago, as we speak, um, as we said as well, uh, Metallica did their M72 live dates out of uh, Dallas at the, oh God help me, the AT&T Stadium. Yeah, in Arlington, Texas. Yes, in Texas. And this was going along the lines of with every date, every stadium, I guess, they're playing. Okay, every date, they're doing two shows, each show a completely different set and different support bands. Yeah. Well, I think there's Pantera. I think there's... I wish they would have showed us the support act. Um, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not too worried about seeing, like, Five Finger Death Punch or Nine Ice Kills, but Pantera would have been nice. I, either way, I just think it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. You know, even, I mean, even as a support act I don't care about, you know, I'd still like to see it. Right. All right. Fair enough. Fair, f- fair enough. Fair enough. So, we both went to Night 2. Okay, um, and this is a totally new experience. As you'll recall, a couple episodes back now, we had discussed um, unique places where we have seen live shows. Yes. We're talking about in basements, on rooftops, um, during a parade, the band playing while being pulled in a trailer, like on the sidewalk during a street festival and all that. I don't think, okay, and I'm I'm racking my brain, and I'm sure one of our longtime listeners will have remembered something that I'm forgetting and will email us saying, hey, fuckers, how can you forget this? But I don't think I've ever seen a live concert in the theater before. Yeah, like I've watched, you know, obviously a concert film in a theater, but never live streamed to the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, this was really live. Like, right. You know, and, and I say that because I can't remember at what point it happened, but there was definitely something that sounded like an oops. 
that if they were making a DVD, it would have been cut out. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's the fun. That's the magic of live. Oh, agreed. There's no, you know, when you when it's okay. If you're if it's live and it's being recorded, then yeah, you you know you can go back and do whatever edit you want. But you know, in the moment when you're live, that's it. Yeah. You know, you you you, you got to get it right, or if there's a screw up, you got to just ignore it and move on. Um, so I've seen like documentaries, let let there be thrash. I've seen uh, the Headbangers Journey. You know, um, in the movie theater. But yeah, this was something totally different. It's a good thing that, um, or we 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 decided it would be best if we both took in the same night. Okay, because I wasn't about to do both nights, and I think I had something going on Friday night. My original plan, though, is Cheap Trick was in town. Oh. A, couple, uh, a couple nights ago and that was the original plan okay cheap trickers i've never seen them live and all yeah. that okay this might be my last kick at the cat that was the original plan and then i believe it was yeah it was actually it was you that reminded me hey we have this metallica live thing are we gonna do this that and another thing it's like oh yeah i guess <laughs> i guess that's what we're going to do and I have to admit, I'm kind of glad that we did it. Okay, everything start like you. Did you have a eight fifteen start time? Well, yes, mine was nine fifteen local time. You're an hour right. behind me, so yes. yeah, so yes, yeah. so same start time. And I get there, and nothing's happened. And I think it was like <laughs> nine forty. Here we go. Yeah, because I actually wrote this down. I was yeah. at the theater. At um, 9.15, and I texted my wife. I'm like, this is like a real show. It's 9.41, and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, it it took a while. And then, and you know, I'm starting to get impatient here. And when they do get their shit together and start rolling, it was another, like, half an hour of the... The camera going through the audience. Yeah, that was kind of cool, though. Okay, that's that's cool. Like you you see that a lot on live stream for festivals and on DVDs and all that. That's kind of cool for five minutes, ten minutes, but a half an hour. You know, like I'm starting to get restless. I want to get on with the grunt here, as as my dad would say. And but I I have to admit, okay when it when it finally kicked in, it was absolutely fantastic. Can you think of any? Okay, in order to do something like this, okay, a live show in a stadium and to simulcast it in theaters across the world, I think they said it was something like twenty six hundred theaters across the you know all the same time, Yeah. yeah. Like, in order to do that, the band has to be huge in order, like, to get enough people, you know, so this thing doesn't tank. Right. I can't think of another metal band that could do something like this. Can you, can you maybe off the top of your head, think 
you know, maybe Guns N' Roses? No. I So maybe, but I mean, you know, if we're talking about like, oh, it's 8.15 and 9.4, you know, uh, like 40 minutes later, they still haven't started. I'm picture if it's Guns N' Roses. Showtime's at 8.15, it's uh, midnight, and they still haven't gone on yet, you know? Like, right. I, 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 I don't think they could, but if, if there's another metal band that could pull it off, it would be Iron Maiden. Hmm. Yeah. Maiden or Priest, I think. I, yeah. Yeah, pr- Priest, Priest is another one. But like, like Maiden, because I've never seen an empty stadium for a Maiden show. Right, you know, like, like they're they're they've consistently packed stadiums without radio airplay of any kind, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sure they get get some here or there, but it's not like other bands. And even when you know they didn't have Dickinson, they could still fill fill a stadium and do a good outdoor show. So, you know, with with everybody back. It's you know that they can they can do it you know mm-hmm. I I think that they could pull something off like this um, I'll tell you I'm honestly surprised that Jack White hasn't done something like this You think he's got the the draw I do I do because because he he has a very strange cult following and you know there are lots of people that will follow him lots of places and um. I think if he could find theaters like the theater I saw it in, which is like maybe, maybe six screens, maybe eight screens tops, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's 20 or 25 years old, but it looks like you're stepping into like the fifties. Oh, wow. Or or like sometimes the inside, sometimes even like the forties, it has that elegant theater kind of, kind of glow to it. And so I think if he could find, enough places like this he'd do something like that but yeah like like i mean in in our world i, I really like metallica maiden priest possibly honestly probably kiss oh yeah you know kiss kiss could probably, and and honestly i'm shocked gene hasn't tried it mm-hmm. because oh yeah if there's one person that would yeah yeah because like like if if they could give a great experience to more fans simultaneously and make lots of money, they're gonna be all about it, you know. Mm. So yeah, so they could pull it off. But I mean, I I'm honestly surprised that like a Taylor Swift hasn't tried this. Actually, I was gonna throw that that name out too because like I I never really understood. Okay, like I don't know much about her. You show me a picture, and I've said this on the show before. You show me a picture of Taylor Swift. I'll say that's Taylor Swift. I just recently learned, okay, Swifties are the name of her fans. Yes. Well, that kind of stands to reason, I get. In Toronto, okay, at Rogers Center, okay, she's got a, a series of stadium shows of six in a row in one city. She's a beast, dude. It's, I'm like, okay, like I knew, okay, this chick is popular. I didn't think it was like that. Like, holy shit. Now, Toronto is the seventh biggest city in North America. I get that. But, wow, six though? Like one, maybe two due, due to demand? Dude, I didn't think there was that much demand. Not even the fact that that many people 
want to go to have six shows. But think about what it takes for the artist to put on a show six days in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, granted, she's in her in her thirties and in fantastic shape, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so she she's ready for it. John from Iron City Rocks saw her in Pittsburgh and and said he's like, dude, I've seen some amazing artists over the years, and I've seen nothing like this. Like this was insane, amazing. Like he took his daughter, you know. That was gonna be my next question. He brought his little girl, right? Oh That's yeah, yeah. He took his daughter. Yeah. He even and, and bless him, he even showed up in a shirt that says Swifty Dad. It was so cool, you know, but so like she's, man, she's an artist of a caliber we haven't seen in a long time in young artists, you know, I'm getting that feeling. Yeah. uh, Like, I mean, the Beatles, David Bowie, they, they could all do stuff like that. Let me, let me be like six days. I could do 14, you know? (laughs) <laughs> like and, and not sleep, right? But but like that—that's the old guard, the old guard that had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Today's artist doesn't have to do it. Everything can be fixed and quantized and whatever, and that's not her, you know. And and you you may or may not like this album, but if you want to give it a gander, check out the album 1989. My personal favorite song on there is Blank Space. And I love the song because it's it's a catchy melody. I like the arrangement. It's very open and airy, but then it gets big. Like like it's just it's it's well written, well well arranged. But the way it's written, it reminds me of some of the like women that I were my friends, you know, back in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like, you know, like I'm sure you've had female friends that are continually making bad choices in math. Uh, uh, um, mm, mm, um, uh, yeah, we're right. Uh, I'm pleading the fifth on that. But well, yeah. and, and it's one of those things uh-huh. where like I'm listening to the song and, it, and like names are popping in my head. Like, oh, yeah. So-and-so did that. Oh, so-and-so did that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Oh, wow. It, it's, it's, and it's just, you know, and, and the thing is like, she, she takes a lot of shit for her lyrics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of these memes about, um, about, you know, she writes her songs about ex-boyfriends, but Stevie Nicks here wrote songs about her, her exes and made, you know, were her bandmates and made them play them live. Right. Right. You know, Stevie Nicks is such a badass. And yeah. I'm looking at this meme and I'm like, yeah, okay, I get what they're trying to say. But Lindsey Buckingham also made millions of dollars yeah. off of uh, off of these Fleetwood Mac songs about him. And he pulled 100 groupies a year and all that. So I don't understand, you know, where is the flex with this? Yeah, yeah. Like, it just, it, it's, it comes back to what we said earlier. That somebody has to hate something. And, you know, they're, ju- they're just hating on, on Taylor. And, uh, and I, I, man, did we talk about this on, on air last time? But just, 
there's so many classy things that she does, and and how how we made it from Metallica to Taylor Swift is hysterical. <laughs> but just you know, I think because they're the two biggest artists in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I th- I think that's fair, right? Because just dude, she goes to town, and like like when she's in Pittsburgh, she made a donation to the Pittsburgh Food Bank. It was not well publicized. You know, okay. and I, I can't remember how my wife even found out about it, but she does things like this, taking care of the community that she's a part of. Right. And, you know, even if she's only a part of it for that day, she's going and doing things like that and giving back to the community. And that's classy. Right. And and what's even classier, she doesn't talk about it. You know, like you, I, I'm a firm believer. If you're going to do something nice, do it. Well, it, it, it you, like. It, Think about all the 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 right wing Christians. We'll say right, and I, and I hate that I'm saying right wing mm-hmm. Christian because I am technically a right wing Christian, right? <laughs> but but but, but we won't of, hold that against you. Think of the stereotype, right? <laughs> think of the stereotype, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you know everybody has to be like, and and honestly, like like when I say right right wing Christian, who I think about. Are the televangelists? Oh, they're yeah. on TV. The big thing. Send me your money. This is the only way to save your soul. You know all that sort of stuff. And if you read the Bible, right? If anybody who quotes the Bible is actually reading more than whatever quote suits their purpose at that moment, one of them is when you're giving, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And the whole point is. Don't talk about what you're giving. Just give in humility and move forward. Just, that's right. You know? Just do it. Yeah. And, and what's if, funny. If you're doing it for exposure, then you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll bet you that Taylor Swift's fans are probably aware of what she's doing. But it's not like it's being publicized and hitting People Magazine or Time Magazine or things like this. Mm-hmm. And I think about Metallica because Metallica did a big thing about their All Within My Hands Foundation. Right. And like, well, you saw it right, at the theater. You know, they ran the thing about the all within my hands. And I'm thinking, like, I only hear about that from Metallica. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I don't hear it in the oh, we just gave this amount of money to this foundation. We did this. They're like, hey, do you want to donate to? Here's what we're doing with this. Do you want to donate? Do you want to volunteer? Like, they're encouraging the community, right? And mm-hmm. and if you think about it. That's the same mentality they've had since they were starving on their way to New York to record Kill 'em All. You know, it's always been about the community. They get to New York, the guys in Anthrax are the reason they have a place to stay. It's not a good place to stay. It doesn't have heat, but they had a place to stay, right? The community provided for them and uh, like like I truly believe that they're, you know, giving back to that, you know, and Taylor seems to have that exact same attitude. And uh, there's also, and I would, I would love to see because I'm sure there's public records I could look up if I wanted to, but um, apparently she's a really shrewd businesswoman and owns a lot of real estate. Like, 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 or, you know, obviously she's making a ton of, ton of money in the music industry, but she's investing that money. Well, you know, well, yeah, you hire the right people to go and do that because I, I'm sure that's what that's that's what happens. You you come into some money, and out come the you know the people looking to 
not necessarily cash in, but hey, if we do this, if we work together, then we can both benefit from this. Well, I, I think that it's not just um, hiring the right people. Like, I think she's also pretty shrewd herself. Like, I, I think she is way... I think I think that Taylor is responsible for more of Taylor's success than other people would like to give her credit for. Oh, probably. I, I think probably. there's people who would like to say that, oh, well, you know, she's got this and that. And, oh, if you have the right manager, sure. But I, I, I really believe that this is a person who is talented and driven, you know. And, yeah, you know, you absolutely need the right hire. But, man, it, you know, like, yeah, I mean, the same thing could be said for Metallica. They've been with Q Prime for how many years now, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. a great partnership. How, how many bands do you know that have been with their management company for 30 years? Oh, yeah. I... Yeah, pretty much nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you're lucky if somebody, somebody's got five years with a management company. Like, I mean, you know, lots of people go Sharon Osbourne. Lots of people only last a year or two, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, they can only handle so much of her. You know, but I mean, for the time she has them, she does some great work. But it's like there's a lot going on there. But Q Prime and Metallica have just had this relationship and they've just kept it going. And like, you know, when Metallica says the Metallica family, they're really not kidding. And and it's the same thing with Taylor Swift. You know, it it really is. And I'm. I'm, I'm I'm a big big fan fan of both of them, but for that. But anyway, let's let's keep yeah. going here because yeah. we still haven't right. gotten to the concert yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. Before we do that, though, I do want to ask you: yeah. How many people were in your theater? So like, I'm gonna say twenty or twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that as well. I'm talking. Well, maybe. Maybe thirty, as you know, as the lights were starting to finally dim. Yeah, it, it was not I, crowded. Um, yeah, not at all. But the people that were there were there for Metallica concert, and they were rowdy, and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 for sure, for sure. Actually, there was a guy, a couple a row behind me, and a couple seats over. He said he was there for Friday's show. There's a well. couple that were there for Friday's show in my theater as well. Right, right. And then a young, a, a younger couple came in and sat a couple seats down, same row from me. And then they were talking, reminiscing about Friday's show as well. It's like, okay, there's some repeat business here, you know. You know, I guess. So this is why I kind of hope. And before we get into the show itself, yeah. I hope this was a success. And like this is the guinea pig. Dude, okay. ditto, ditto. Because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, after seeing it, I bought tickets to the Friday show. That was originally my plan. It was Friday, and I was going to bug you about going to see it on Friday. And then this musical came up, and I'm like, oh crap, I can't go Friday. Right. And I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And then I looked at the Sunday show. I'm like, oh well, I'm playing the matinee on Sunday. I got plenty of time to make it. I'm going to go see the Sunday show, you know, and, and that's, that's what I did. And then Friday night, I, I've got my base in the car and, you know, down here, the, the heat and humidity are ridiculous, right? Just r- ridiculous. And so I don't like my base being, um, 
in a non-human entity controlled environment for very long. Um, or I would have seriously, like I looked at the clock, I'm like, man, I should just go to the theater. Yeah. Uh-huh. I should just go straight down. Uh, like, cause I'm, th- I'm like, man, I could probably be there by like 11 o'clock. Like I should just go in and catch like that last hour of the show. And I wish I would have, I really wish I would have. Cause I looked up the set list from that night. I'm like, ah, oh, there are definitely songs that I wish would have been on our night, you know? Ah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's kind of jump in to that. Okay, the very first song. Okay, now this was this was going to be the concern because I I probably should have done that. I'm sure there was a set list somewhere, you know that. But I I, I wouldn't want Sunday's show to be a spoiler. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't want to l- look it up ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, but I did take, like I said, I, t- I took notes on my phone as it went, and uh, like, like one of the things that I wrote down here, and I can't remember when it was, but did you catch Kirk's shoes? Mm, no, no. So they were not easy to see. Right. Okay. They were definitely not easy to see. There just happened to be a certain shot, and if you blinked, you missed it, where he walks up to the Wawa and he starts using the Wawa. And I realized what type of shoes he was wearing. His hey. shoes were skeleton feet. Oh, well, that stands to reason for a guy yeah. like that. Yeah, it was so mm-hmm. cool. And, and I bring that up because. The entire show, like the the yellow and black theme, one it's it's like you know, Third Man Records, um, Jack White is a yellow and black theme, and so every time I see it, I just keep thinking Jack White. Like I keep thinking Third Man because it, it's and I mean it's a very sharp look, and also Steelers black and gold, you know. Um, but I loved James's Vulture guitar. The um the the V that's like it was the mm-hmm. black with the yellow racing stripe that says uh, seventy two on it, mm-hmm. and then did you catch all James's mics were black with a yellow windscreen on the inside? No, so that's you're how more much of a nerd I am. Yeah, I was gonna say this is definitely your territory. Oh. I noticed yeah. lar- I, I noticed Kirk's guitar with Boris Karloff and oh, of course, yeah, yeah, I figured you stuff that like one. that, yeah. Well, did you catch Robert's bass? Now, I need to look up and see who, who makes his basses. Um, but he had this awesome bass. And the bass was like, it, it, it was relic, right? So it was it's a newer bass, but somebody had, had made it to look like it was beat up. And it was 72 seasons. It was like, so it was kind of yellow, depending on how the light hit it. But, like, the 72 was kind of scratched in there. Like, did, did you catch that one? Mm, no. no. <laughs> this is just really how much of a, of a nerd I am. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah, I, your, I just get so excited area, with all the gear. Yeah. But even, even like, Lars's kit, like, the black and yellow on that kit just looks so awesome. You know? I just absolutely loved it. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, like that was that was like the first thing I noticed, right? Okay. And I just abs- absolutely love that. Um, 
what was it what was the opening song they were playing was it um okay well this this was going yeah. back to like this was going to be my point of contention oh yeah i didn't know what they played and it was a different set every night i didn't know what they played friday and honestly like 80s metallica that's the height of my fandom. That's that's the Metallica I remember most. That's right. the one that I love the most. I dig the new record, and I love Hardwired as well. But there is a whole other Metallica from Black, from the Black album. Well, basically, 90s. The 90s Metallica. I'm just, and that was when they were at their most popular. Right. It's like, I don't want to go to Sunday's show and have like a best of the 90s and then find out friday was all the good stuff meaning the stuff that i would want to want to pay for it started off on a really good note with whiplash, whiplash. yes oh so i'm like okay this is good dude <laughs> this is good and then first they, three tracks whiplash for whom the bell tolls, tolls. ride the lightning Yes. Like, okay, this is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, you know, they they kind they kind of kept it up and even the um the stuff that I was kind of like, uh, you know, okay. It's like fine. Like no no concert and nor should it be. No concert is going to get catered to you specifically. And the only way that's going to happen, okay, is when a band does their a night of, yeah, okay, where the first set is your favorite album in its entirety, and then the second half of their set after they go off and whatever, and they come back on, and then they do like a greatest hits. That's the only way. You know, a band is going to cater to someone specifically with a back catalog like this, like they have. Yeah, you're 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 not going to please everyone, and oh, okay. I I understood that. I'm just okay <laughs> because more often than not, I was like, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, so were you happy with the uh, with the set list? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, because again, just the first three songs, right? Like, so Whiplash, one of my favorite songs, and we mm -hmm. had talked about that on um, well, our last show. We were talking last about last episode. Um, what was the last? Yeah, we talked about Kill 'Em All being forty last episode, and but just to go into Whiplash for Whom the Bell Tolls and then Ride the Lightning. When I heard that, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> just. It, it was a really intense first three songs. Like, really it was. intense, dude. For and sure, it's for one sure. one of those things where um, I, I just didn't even know, like, what to do. You know, really, because... Because... <laughs> um, and and you, you feel like you're there, right? And I honestly feel like we even got better seats because... Um, we didn't have to like try to strain and see it wherever we were. Like everybody was, was large as, as life there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
so it was it was pretty man it's pretty darn intense you know so the the fourth song dirty window i don't think okay. i've ever heard it i don't didn't recognize it and i think on my notes and um i have it written down in song protector like what's this thing called <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um and and then like i've, I've looked up the set list online so i can have it I'm like what's dirty window like do yeah you ever know the song? have you heard of it no, no, I was scratching my head as to what this was too, and I'm kind of like, okay, was it a, something off Death Magnetic? Was it something off Saint Anger? Because those are albums that I don't really have, you know, stored in my head very well. Yeah, same. And and all that. So yeah, I don't know where this song came from. Like, yeah. have we figured that out? No, I haven't looked it up. No. I mean, I could probably. You're not that it. worried about it. <laughs> I'm. I'm not because I'm like I. I. I barely remember it. But then, um, seventy-two seasons in dark. If darkness had a sun, like mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, when we when we went to the listening party and talked about seventy-two seasons when it was released, we we both said that these songs could fit in eighties Metallica catalogs, right? Definitely. Like, and, and you wouldn't even know. You could swap them out and it'd be fine. And seeing them live, I, it just confirmed that. I'm like, yeah, wow. it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. It was I was really actually good. waiting for Lux for Lux Interior. Lux Interior. Oh, Lux Eterna. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so that um, that was on Friday night. Um, yeah, I think so. It would. Hey, well, it would have to be. Well, did you look at the Friday night set? No. No. Okay. Well, so. Um, the bummer for me is they played Master of Puppets, my all-time favorite song, mm-hmm. and Orion, my all-time favorite instrumental, oh, on Friday. Okay. I'm like, oh, now I probably wouldn't have made Orion, but I would have probably at least made, um, you know, Master of Puppets for sure, and also Seek and Destroy right before it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, like, like other than those couple songs, like I like our set better. You know, like I, I'm I thinking, really do. What's that? I'm I'm thinking first night. That's when you got your fuels and your yes, fuels there. Yep. You know, and um, like stuff off of other shit off a of load, and more stuff off of the Black Album. You know, yeah. I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming, dude. So speaking of the Black Album, I'm skipping ahead quite a few songs, but how badass was wherever I may roam? Um. Well. It was better at that moment than playing it off the album. Well, 100%. But, but like, that's because I honestly don't know if I've ever heard it live. I'm so tired of hearing it on the radio. Mm-hmm. But, man, dude, when when I heard him start it, and then Lars with that snare fill, I'm like, oh, that's why they wrote this song. Like, that is a live track. Like, wow. You know, and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've, t- we've talked about my anti, like, lack of love for the, um, the, the Black Album. Dude, I fucking love that track in, in, in that night. Like, in the set, it just fits so well. But right I digress. Right. We're going to back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, it, yeah. it, I was actually thinking, you know, like, like, I actually saw people with popcorn. Oh, I had popcorn. I, I, I under, oh, yeah, but see, I just, that doesn't, okay, I'm here to see a concert. Having popcorn at a concert just doesn't register. Yeah, I'm still in a movie theater, and I love movie theater popcorn. 
Oh, yeah. me too. Me ne- too. Ne- never going to change, dude. <laughs> but I was actually sorry, but I, when that song came on, I was actually thinking, oh, if I run to the to the stand, this song will be about five minutes, I guess. I, I could probably make it there and back. I don't know. Uh, funny you say that, because there's another song. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't need to hear this. Like, I, I, I could go, because I almost went and got a beer. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've done the first five songs from Whiplash all the way to 72, well, no, I guess six songs, up to 72 seasons of Darkness Out of Sun, right? That dirty mm-hmm. window, whatever that is. Um, so how about the Kirk and Rob jam? That was cool. Now, normally, like, I'm kind of like, okay, this is to give the other, you know, give the singing voice a break, give Lars isn't a young man anymore. And the drummer is the most um, most physically demanding instrument. So okay, this is a give. This is to give them, you know, a uh, a break. But this jam was really cool, and I didn't see it as what someone might say cheating. Yeah, you know, because I I, I thought it worked really well, and like Kirk's our favorite Beatles, so I'll just I'll just watch him jam all night. Well, and, and we've been talking about just how cool, what a great musician that Trujillo is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it was one of those things where he's like, yeah, this is called Alligator Patch. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, but just the way he's introducing he's like, well, this is how we used to do it. Like, you know, when we were, you know, kids, this is what we did. And mm-hmm. it felt like them peeling back the curtain for us and be like, hey. You know, because and I think think you know we've talked about on this show before how much I love, um, like just absolutely love the all the outtakes and demo tapes when they do like their big box sets. You know, like I right. I, I bought the Metallica, the Master of Puppets box box set and the Ride the Lightning box set just for the extra demos and things because I wanted to hear that. And getting to watch those two jam live like that, I'm like, oh, this is what it's like at HQ when they're working out new tunes. Like, this is killer, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yes. It was, yeah, it was really, really cool. And it bothers me that on sitlist.fm, rather than have it called Alligator Patch, because, you know, again, I wrote that down. They, um, they have written in here on the set list at Faded Black. It's like, preceded by Kirk and Rob Doodle. I'm like, oh, you're just calling yeah. that a doodle? Yeah, they What's called wrong it something, with you? you know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, Alligator Patch, was that just a, thrown together at the last second? Oh, uh, they're totally making that shit up. Goofy? Yeah. Yeah, they're totally yeah, making that shit yeah. up. I love it. I wasn't expecting the next album to have a song, an instrumental called Alligator Patch. Yeah. I'm kind no. of not expecting that. It would no, be cool, cool, though. Yeah. Uh, All no, right. no, for sure. So, in your theater, were people singing along? Um, the couple beside me, not necessarily singing along, but they were one of the few people that, you know, when, you know, songs would come on, that they would go, yeah, woo you know like they were it was and i don't want to say because this was a real concert but you know what i mean like to it's very different to be live 
in person and looking at a screen. It's two very different things. These this 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 couple got into it as if they were right there. Yes, I got to give them credit for that. Well, we we had a lot of people in my theater that were doing that, and I was very thankful for them because when I'm in a the theater, I'm so used to just sitting quietly, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that this theater is the same theater that I also saw the Symphony Metallica, the S and M two in. Oh, and okay. I remember when um, a Seizure Point Teeth came on, I cheered. Uh, and as soon as I cheered, like I, I didn't even, I just you know lost myself. It felt like I was there, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit! And I'm looking around, and thankfully I think there were only four of us that night. <laughs> but like Sunday, everybody, you know, when songs were coming on, they're like, you know, they go, whoa! And so it was a very rowdy crowd. It was just like being at a show. So I, I was thankful for that because I'm like, oh, I can sing along. I can cheer. I'm throwing the horns for stuff, man. You know, because right it was just a good time. Well, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Some people were definitely vibing to that, shall we say, as the, an expression that the kids are using. Um, obviously, they were going to do a cover song. Okay, because that's what Metallica does. You know, and they do so well. Now, personally, that, um, okay, and I understand why they did Whiskey in the Jar. Okay, um, it was actually a big hit for them. But, and I'm a Thin Lizzy fan. And I've kind of had this mostly love slash hate um, relationship with their cover of that because, um, I really dig it, but when it was released, when Garage Inc. was released, that was the first big single, I guess. I, yeah. mean, I think they had some other songs, but but that was the first one. And I was just constantly pounded with this song. Okay. And as much as I enjoyed, it was kind of leaving a sour taste in my mouth. So when they started that, I was kind of like, well, you know, I could really go for something else. Off of 598, even better would be the Merciful Fate medley, but that's never going to happen, I don't think, not on a show like this. But then it kind of hit me. Okay. Sunday was Phil Lynott's birthday. And it's like, oh. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah. The only reason I knew that is because I was on the the Thin Lizzy family Facebook page earlier that day. I just happened to stumble upon and it's like Phil Lynott's birthday. So when that all kind of came together for me, it's like, Oh, it's fucking Phil's birthday, man. Okay. Do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear this song. And it was incredible after I put two and two together. It's amazing how that works, you know? Well, yeah. And well, you know, it's funny, though, is I I feel the way you feel about that song. And it's another one where live, I'm like, yeah, this is all right. (laughs) And I found myself singing along. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a lot of fun to sing along to. So, yeah. Yeah. But now knowing it's Phil Phil Lynott's birthday, I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It works. It works. Yeah, it works. It works. Uh, what else? I'm trying to. 
Well, let's talk about Fade to Black. Like, yeah. Okay. How okay. killer was that? Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. It, okay. I'm just going to ask you a quick question about yeah. that. Is that a ballad? Well, uh, so technically, I guess. Okay. You know, because because it, it is a slow song and um, it's it's got that beginning, but you know, last last show we were talking about um, Cliff Burton and his approach to composition, mm-hmm. and it's a very symphonic approach to composition. You know, and since since we talked, I've been sitting down and like restudying anesthesia, pulling teeth, and listening to some of these songs. And when you listen to "For Whom the Bell Tolls," it follows a, a very you know, symphony kind of pattern where you have like a a part at a certain tempo and then something builds and then it gets soft and then there's a big tempo change. Like they call it like the Allegro or the Presto or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? And so I guess technically it's a ballad, you know? I mean, it's a ballad about suicide, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um... You know, same with Motley Crue's All I Need. That's technically a ballad, but it's about um, killing the girl or whatever. You know? Right. <laughs> and I was just, these these type of bands, they've had, you know, Megadeth did it, Metallica did it a couple times and all that. Um, Testament had a song called The Ballad. Oh, that's right. Some, someone might argue, like, that's not even a ballad. You know, is Megadeth's in my darkest hour? Okay, oh, goodness, that was no. that was one of the. I always, I always no. thought of it as a ballad. Oh no! Come on. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess maybe just from the tone and the subject matter and all that. that if just, anything, it's doom. Okay, I can I, see that. I call it doom yeah. before I call it a ballad. <laughs> okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. And I always thought of. Fade to Black as a ballad as well. And one off of, you know, off off the Justice record. Yes. I guess that was their first. Like, that's, that's always, I've always thought of that as a ballad. Even, yeah, you know, I even agree. I, I think in. everybody feels that way about one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just something I just wanted to yeah. quick, quick, quickly run by you. It's okay. Well, speaking of one, did you, was that a, was that something you wanted to see? Is was was that a pleasant surprise? So, one is one of those songs that I don't ever need to see again. Okay. Um, just because I've heard it so many times, it was the first song with a video. It was all over MTV. Like if there's anything that's oversaturated, it's that song. Right. Um. But that said, boy, I still enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it, and right mm-hmm. into Sandman, I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and like I didn't think I was going to enjoy Sandman at all if I heard Sandman. Like Sandman's going to be one of the ones where, like, okay, I can leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was <laughs> it. Was that, it was good? Yeah. All right. No, no, that's that's fair ball. That was one of the things that I was going to bring up. Okay, that was like the one encore song. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, okay, once they started the opening 
couple of riffs into Sandman. I'm kind of like, okay, Mrs. Snow is out in the lobby waiting for me. It's been a long day. I could pack it in now. Okay, be the because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hit the can as well on on the way out and you know like whenever a movie ends everyone's got to use the bathroom you know because they've been sitting in front of the thing for for an hour and a half or whatever so maybe maybe I can beat the bathroom crowd and it's just time because I really don't care about Sandman all right but then I started thinking what would happen okay is right after Sandman, they kicked into, like, the Four Horsemen <laughs> or Phantom Lord jumping the fire or something like that, you know, and I go on the show, I sit down with Aaron, we press record, we get to this point that we are now in the show, and I say, yeah, I walked out, and then you say, you miss Phantom Lord? <laughs> oh, fuck, don't tell me that. <laughs> Don't tell me that. But that never happened. You know, the lights came on in the stadium and all that. That was the last song. Okay, fine. Now I can make my way. Well, they're taking this, they're they're taking time out, you know, they're slapping high fives along the stage. And by the beer, the red beer cupfuls of guitar picks, they're just throwing it out. The solo cup. Yeah. Yeah, that shit never gets old. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to ask loved. if you ended up staying through the end. I, I stayed till they shut it off. Yes, me too. I Because I'm watching, I'm like, no, I, and I'm like, I'm just watching guys throw out guitar picks. Yeah, it doesn't and, seem like it's. But I couldn't stop. But yeah, because <laughs> because shit like that doesn't get old. Yeah. Yeah, it was just cool. It was cool mm-hmm. as hell. You know, yeah. All right, so so let's let's back up because oh, okay. so fade to black, one that that's definitely in in like my top ten Metallica songs, right? Lo- love this mm-hmm. song, learn to play it. Love the guitar solos, love everything about it, and it was so fucking cool to see Hetfield play it live. Oh, right. Like because and, and because he had the acoustic guitar in the stand and then he was wearing his electric. So to watch mm-hmm. him go back and forth, I'm like, oh, this is cool as hell. You know. Mm-hmm. So that was a geek out moment. But how fucking cool was the call of Cthulhu? I'm trying to place it. It was right I... it was two after Fade of Black. So it was Fade of Black, then You Must Burn, and then the Call of Cthulhu. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry, that's kind of left my head, but yeah, that's that's well, always a fantastic song. Well, that's just it. Is like, so I, you know, for how many times have I seen Metallica? Like, like for real live, I think I've only seen him twice, right? Okay. And even even like when I brew sets, like if they do like an Orion, it's part of it. They don't do the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. Same, same with like a Cthulhu. Maybe you, you, they tease you with like a medley of something and like it's a little bit of it. But they played the whole thing. And it was so fucking killer. And, and it, it's funny, like, I didn't realize how much I loved Ride the Lightning until this show. Uh-huh. Because you've got For Whom the Bell Tolls. You've got Ride the Lightning, which I, 
I didn't even realize that I knew that song that well until I heard it. I'm like, oh, it's Ride the Lightning. I'm like, did I just know that? Like, mm-hmm. I, and, and immediately I could sing along with all the riffs. You know, I don't think I could sing a single lyric, but I knew every single note. You know, right on. And then Cthulhu, and because again, like, you know, Friday Night would have been Orion, and that is my jam. But Cthulhu, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how much I love this. Like, I need to go back and just re-listen to this entire record mm-hmm. because it's it's just so good. Like I I was so excited with Cthulhu. Like and okay, uh, you probably didn't, but I'm going to ask anyway because <laughs> like, because I'm super excited. Did you see James's guitar when they played the song? Uh, which one was it? The Thanks. Cthulhu guitar. Oh, um, damn it, Snowy! No, it's not. <laughs> it's not your co-host is a guitar nerd i know, Pay attention oh, to I that know. Shit. this is this is why we have the best program in the world because of all of this extracurricular stuff outside the music that you know you're 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 the gear geek and all that so Dude. you that's what you bring as well to the show i i rely on you for this okay so not only is it an explorer style guitar it'd be it'd be his esp snake bite right for any for any other fellow geeks out there for anybody who, who's, who's like what the fuck is an esp snake bite if you remember the big white guitar that kind of looks like a z that's the gibson explorer and i think one of them said eat e e t fuck f u k like that guitar, right? But so it's not white. It's like a wood grain color. And Cthulhu, I couldn't tell if it was like wood burned in there. But just the way they did it was like a great horror movie poster. Like, wow. I'm looking at that. And it, that, and that's when, I, I think it was like, that was one of the moments where I really appreciate being in the theater. Because I'm like, I wouldn't have noticed this if I was there live. I would have probably yeah. not gotten to see it or I would have looked up at the monitor and maybe made it out. But right. because we're in the theater, I'm sitting in a great seat and James is now 20 feet tall. It's right. like, oh, <laughs> details. Look at that guitar. Yeah. Totally nerding out for it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was all about all the guitars they played. Um, there was something Trujillo had that was kind of silver. So, Okay, and uh, you probably didn't notice this either, uh, because again, big nerd. But <laughs> did you notice that um, Lars's kit was smaller than what he's played in previous live appearances? Actually, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like like you know a metal. There's there's a metal drum kit. Okay, and then there's everyone else's drum kit. Now, normally, Lars has a very metal drum kit. Okay, he had an everyone else's drum kit. Well, maybe a little more, a little more metal. So, and and I was looking at him like, this is an interesting choice because he's always played some massive kits. Mm -hmm. They've always been big. He's used them. You know, he's had all these different things. I'm thinking like, How's he playing all these songs with this small kit? Um, and and then, like I started thinking about the whole theme of seventy-two seasons, your first eighteen years. 
like your first drum kit is going to look like that. Like it's, if you can, if you can get like collect the pieces to make your first drum kit, right? Because like the two toms centered like that uh, with, with the two kicks and, you know, typically you wouldn't have the extra floor tom um, mm-hmm. unless you got lucky, you know, but, but just like looking at that, I'm like, I wonder if that was done on purpose. Like I, I would love to find a picture of Lars with, with an early drum kit, like 16 year old Lars with his drum kit. And I bet you that it was a similar setup. You figure? No way. I'd be interesting to see. You yeah. Know? In fact, now I feel the need to Google that. <laughs> I, Cause it just, it, it was something that, and it was so weird cause I just couldn't figure, um, I couldn't place what was weird, right? Because it was just so weird the whole time. Okay. Do you think he gets a bad rap these days? Because you go online and all that, there is a lot. And that's my first mistake, going online and the group chats and, and all that, Facebook pages and all that. There is a lot of sentiment just how bad of a drummer Lars Ulrich is. Well, I honestly blame all of us for that. Right. Right. And here's what I mean. I I think about this a lot because, um, do you remember the song until it sleeps? And I don't know if it was load or reload, but it was one of those. Yeah, I do. It's, it's, it was a radio song. Yes. And it was actually a really good song, right? I don't know if I'd call it a Metallica song, but it's a really good song. And, that song will never not bother me because okay. when Lars, um, the, the drum part is like, like that, boom, boom, that he tries to do like a little drum roll and it sucks and it sucks the entire way through it. And this is when, you know, the Metallica has gotten so big that people won't tell them when they suck. <laughs> yes, um, so, eh? Cause I'm like, who, right, what? And, and another case in point is, you know, not only did they let him do that shitty snare roll, they also let him use that snare sound on saying anger. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> nobody can tell Lars when he sucks. Right. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Right. So, um, like, I, and yet he still the entire way from probably, you know, 88 through 2000, when Modern Drummer Magazine would have their best drummers, Lars is always in the top five. That's what I was going to say, because during my my fandom, my at the height of my fandom, which was the 80s, every year Metal Forces Magazine, okay, had their fan poll, best musician, best album and all that. And with Metallica had an album that year, they dominated the the fan polls, including best drummer. Yes. And so now when I hear people, maybe because I'm just, when it comes to Metallica, I'm stuck in the eighties. Okay. Maybe that's the, the one way I'm an old man is because of Metallica. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in the eighties, you know, um, when they could do no wrong and they were doing no wrong. You know, maybe that's how I still see Metallica, because even even as much as I've seen them, 
seeing gray hair on Kirk, seeing James in short hair, you know, that's just weird because I still, when I think of Metallica, I think of Master Puppets. You know, when they were young, dumb, and full of cum and all that. That's the same thing within my family. Like, I have some cousins, you know, I hadn't seen for many years, but, you know, I got caught up with them when my dad passed away and we had to take them out to Saskatchewan. And I have some cousins that were about my age, okay, but they've got gray and gray beards. And I'm like, who are you people? Because my the vision in my head of my cousins were when we were teenagers. And then as we got into our early adulthood. And it was the same thing with that. Seeing like these guys now is weird. Seeing these old guys. Because they're older than we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was going to point that out. Did you catch during the show where um, James talked to the one guy who's apparently having a birthday? He's like, nah, I'm ahead of you. I'm 60. It's 60. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah I'm thinking, so they're 10 years on us. And I was talking to my wife about that. I'm like, I just can't believe that a 60 year old is up there playing at that level. Playing I'm doing that, that type of music. Playing thrash. You like, know, could, because. Want. Yeah, but. 40 years ago, everybody yeah. said it was never going to last more than 10 years. Right. You know, he's not going to be able to do this, blah, 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 blah. And so here he is at 60 playing mm-hmm. that, right? It just I was like, holy shit, you know. But let's come back to Lars, right? So okay. <laughs> I believe that Lars today is our fault because he was a fantastic drummer in the eighties. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having arguments like, you know, there were people who would listen to, um, one and you know, that, 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 you know, the bass drum in that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good, but it's not Charlie Benante. Right. Like Charlie Benante is way more accurate. Right. And a drummer like Charlie, Charlie's never quit studying. You know, like, and and he posts on uh, Instagram him doing all his warm ups, his paradiddles, stuff on his practice kit. Like, he never stops studying. Charlie has never quit pushing himself as a drummer and a musician. And Lars has. Like, like, and, you know, anyone who wants to, to defend him, defend him all you want, but he's still a lazy drummer. You know, now the funny part, and I, I don't know if, if this stuck, stuck for you, but. The old stuff sounded better drum wise to me and, and even just timing and stuff than the newer stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm listening everything to everything in general. Yeah. The old stuff sounded better than the new stuff. Well, like now, like, like I, I, you know, and I, it's not even like the songs, but ju- just the way that like Lars was playing, you know, and, and maybe it is him trying to try new stuff, but I, I honestly think that we did him a disservice by voting him best drummer so many times. Oh, okay. Um, because I think it went to his head, and, and I think he quit practicing. And I really, I, I really wish he he would like secretly take some drum lessons. You know, because mm-hmm. like I, I talked to a buddy who knows somebody who is, who's done some work with Lars and I can, I'll give you more details offline, but this is much as, as comfortable as I feel sharing online. Right. 
Um, but ju just somebody who's done some work, work with Lars and it said, he's like, his timing is just not great. You know, and, and, and yeah. like, there, there are times like I'm watching and I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, like sometimes it drags a little bit, but I mean, that's a live band too, dude. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when we played live, like, like my band, like we'd speed up, you know, and, and you speed up, you slow down, th things change, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I just, he always taught those drummer poles, but I, I just feel that I feel he got lazy and I feel we did him a disservice by, by voting him best drummer. Do you think he just has more passion for the, the 80s stuff than he does for, well, the rec with the, the pressures on with the, with the record company to come up that's going to push units as opposed to doing something that we feel strongly for, you know, AKA the ride, the lightning album. No, no, because, because like, so the, the thing with Lars is if, if you remember any of the stories that like Zazula and those other guys that were there from the beginning said, they, they all said that Lars sucked, right? Every one of them has said like, he's the worst drummer I've ever heard. Oh, come on no seriously <laughs> oh no like, i know pe people say that I, I don't know if i buy that even today at 60 dude they were no 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 they were they were saying that when they met him when he was like a kid right because remember oh lars right. has been doing this like, like he's been hustling this since he was like 15 16 right right and that's what the guy said and i mean and this is something that's been been a story for years it's not even like they've just said it but they're like no when he came to me like he was absolutely awful like just, just terrible. Like his everything he's got is garbage. It's terrible. He can't play, and he's like, "Well, if you learn to play, then maybe I'll put you on this, right?" And so that's all Lars needed. And that was his drive, right? Uh -huh. okay. And 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 you know, and and knowing that, and going back and listening, Lars did some really unique things on the drums in those early records. And I think it was because it's like, well, I can't play this way. So how am I going to make up for what I can do? Right. And, and I, like, I, I don't even say that derogatory. Like I, I applaud him for that because necessity is a mother of invention. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why we have Metallica, but I, I just feel like he needed to keep going, you know, like he should have just just kept playing and and you know take take some lessons because like the the until it sleeps thing drives me fucking crazy because <laughs> and and it drives me crazy because it's brilliant. It, I I love what he's doing with the drums. I love the beat. I love the sound. I love the guitar. Everything about it. But he fucks up that fill the entire way through the song. The timing's just not there. It's like, come on. Like, I know what you're trying to do. Just go practice it. Tighten the snare head. Anything. You know? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I nerd. Yeah. I, I, again, I nerd out for this shit. <laughs> That's okay. I, I can listen to you nerd out all night. And I have before. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, was there anything else you wanted to kind of throw out there before we get into some tonage here? Okay, battery. Oh, what? Yes, yes. Okay, that's one I marked out. I did not see that coming. Not at all. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. And that's one of the ones where I was definitely screaming and singing along loudly in the theater. 
Yeah. Right Can't on. Kill the family yeah. better is found in me. <laughs> yeah. And that song, it's not old. You know, no. It's every every time I put it on, it takes me back to you know that moment when I first heard it. You know that magical musical place, man. And it's just like, yeah, I was there. You know, I was there with with a handful of those songs. So yeah, it was definitely that was definitely one of the highlights. No, for sure, for sure, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, we want to get into some tunage here? Yeah, man. Oh, okay, okay. I figured, you know, let's kind of do some quasi-Metallica-type music, shall we say. And it was so cool that they started the festivities off with the song Whiplash. And so it's kind of appropriate if we should drop a track from the legendary Whiplash. How about from the unborn... Again, record. This is Pitbulls in the Playground.
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. Rock hard, never say die. 
going back to their self-titled 1985 album, that was a Phantom Lord with Live Fast, Rock Hard. Great stuff, great stuff. So it just goes to show, like, Judas Priest gave us Running Wild, Exciter, um, Rip the Ripper. You know, there's a ton of rippers as well like there's metallica had their share of bands named after their songs as well although whiplash okay they do go back they are contemporaries with metallica so i'm sure the guys in whiplash might you know if we were to get them on the air and say hey did you uh did you name yourself after the song? They might have a different idea than what we than what we might be thinking. And I'm not about to argue with them. No way. <laughs> no way. Because they've earned everything as well. Before we kind of wrap up and get into tonight's uh, Indie Spotlight, a DVD. Would you buy a DVD copy of the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was telling my wife. I'm like, I am sure this is going to be a DVD. Um, and honestly, I'm already waiting for it. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but you can pre-order it on CD already. Oh, okay. Um, but for me, like, I don't need another CD that I don't know where to keep in this house. So um, I'm waiting for when it hits livemetallica.com where you can buy the, the, uh, the MP3s direct from them. Oh, okay. And so, believe me, as soon as that uh, comes up, I'll be letting you know. But yeah, yeah, if if, if they put this out, which I really think they're going to, um, I'm all about getting this. Okay, okay. I think what I saw. Okay, I'm gonna have to have another look at setlistfm.com and check out night one. I don't know if I need a live album or a DVD of that. I don't know. We'll. we'll you see. know. I, like so, if you pre-order the the CD for it, you get both nights. Oh, okay. And it's like forty bucks. You get both nights, and they're doing that for all the two nights shows. You know. Ah. Um. And I, if 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 I see it like that, I might. But I'm with you. Like, as much as like there are songs on night one, I wish I would have seen. Like night two's our show. You know, like I think it was. I really show, think it like, was. Ah, man, I love this. You know, right on, right on, for sure, for sure. Um, we want to get into a oh, really cool. On. Oh, oh, real quick. Okay. Um, for anybody else who's geeking out over the guitars, right? So I went out to the ESP site, and I'm like, man these guitars are awesome. I want to see like what was out here. Cause I, I love the vulture, the snake bite, you know, the stuff that Kirk plays. Oh fuck. That's the other thing. Did you catch the Les Paul that Kirk was playing? <laughs> I, I don't even I'm know sure why I'm asking these questions. To, yeah. I, I'm sure I did to bring it back up now in my, in my little noggin. Okay. I don't know. Well, you had mentioned Fleetwood Mac. Right. Mm -hmm. So Peter Green originally played with Fleetwood Mac before Lindsey Buckingham. And Kirk owns Peter Green's Les Paul. Oh, wow. And I think that's the Les Paul that Kirk was playing on stage. Oh, sweet. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really, really sweet. But anyway, um, 
Anyone out there who wants, go to espguitars.com slash pages slash M72 hyphen sweeps. And you can enter by September 30th to, um, you know, enter for a chance to win. And I think you get both of them. I don't know. I haven't read the instructions, but, you know, we're, we're not... We're not affiliated, guys. You can't hold me accountable for anything. That's Go right. Fucking read yourself. Um, but you can win. Oh, it says win your ch- choice of two great signature guitars. So it looks like you can get either the the James Hetfield Vulture, which is the V style, or the Kirk Hammett V that's in a sparkle finish. Um, I would probably get the Vulture, and that's a hard choice because they're both badass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I get the Vulture. Because I, I love the Vulture was the one that was like the black guitar with the yellow racing stripe in the 72. I'm like, oh man, I love this. So, yeah, I just want to share that with all the fans out there. You know, if you win um, and I don't, at least email us a thank you. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's right. That's right. That's all I ask. And what we want to share with everyone this week is tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Tonight's Indie Spotlight is just, it's just one of those bands. It's not a, it didn't come across my desk or anything like that. I didn't just see them live. They didn't send us a promo pack or anything. I was just pissing around on the interwebs, and wow, I'm so glad I did because I discovered Hellfinder. Finder with a Y. And this is that really, really cool kind of um, black and roll type of tunes, I guess I guess you'd want to call it. I really dug it. Let's get into some right now. From their album Hellish Blood, this is Hellfinder with a Y with Evoke Succubus.
www.hellfinder with a y dot bandcamp dot com and uh, as well there on the Facebooks go out and check them out there really really cool stuff um, I'm looking at you Hell's Headbangers maybe uh, you guys should because I know I know someone at Hell's is 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 listening to this so hey. Give them a shot. Well, my friend, thank you once again for sitting down and pressing record and having a jolly old time. I uh, I really dug I really dug the show, and I'm glad I made my way out. Did I did I mention at the top of the show Sunday night it was supposed to be Cheap Trick? Did I? Yes. Did, yeah. 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 Like like that was the original plan. And I don't know if I said this on on the air or off, but that was the original plan. And it's like you reminded me, hey, we have this this Metallica theater thing. Are you still down with that? Oh, I guess I am. <laughs> I guess I am. And so I immediately, you know, ran down to the theater and bought my advance ticket because I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of people there. I want to get a kick ass seat. I definitely don't want it to sell out on me. And I hadn't really needed to worry about that because like i said the place wasn't even wasn't even half full but yeah my seat like quickly where where were where was your seat in the theater well so there were no assigned seats in my theater oh okay so i think i was like two or three rows from the very back uh first uh seat on the left ah yeah it's and again it's 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 a small theater. I mean, I probably could still seat 50 or 60 people in it easily. Oh, okay. Um, it was comfortable. So it was just a nice time. Mm-hmm. 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 I was doing the same mentality that I have with uh, when I go see movies. I like to be in the middle of the theater, okay, and the middle of the row. That's 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 my sweet spot, and that's where i was with this show how can uh people get a hold of us well dear snowman radioactivemetal.org all the episodes past present and future and trust me when i say go back to episode 624 and check out our interview with scott pingle from the s&m thing. Mm-hmm. get all your metallic effects right and if you're turning in for the first time hey thanks and um, go back and check out 751, where we talk about um, the 40th anniversary of Kill 'em All. Right? Mm-hmm. So everything is there at radioactivemetal.org. Um, at RedMetal666 on Instagram to see pictures of things. Shit. I, so I had terrible service in the theater because I honestly planned on posting things during um, the show. I was right. Gonna, you know, post, post a couple pictures here and there. And I need to put all those up. I can't believe I haven't put them up yet. So I need to put those up on our Instagram. But yeah, so Instagram to see pictures of things. Facebook.com slash radmetal. You can interact with us there. Um, radmetal666 at Gmail to drop us a line. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. And um, we are on the iTunes podcast app or Apple podcast, whatever it's called now. We're on <laughs> Breaker, Stitcher, whatever Google does for their podcasts, they, these these names keep changing. It's like 
pick something and stick with it, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can find a podcast, you can find us. We triple tri- triple dog dare you to not find us. Um, we are also on Spotify. And the reason we're on Spotify is thanks to the fine folks of the Shining Wizards Network. ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. Whole host of fun podcasts out there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they even host a Wrestling Night in Canada, our sister podcast, where mm-hmm. the host sounds a lot like Snowy. Yeah, yeah. Good, sounds like a good-looking guy, for yeah, sure. Yeah, handsome, handsome guy. Sexy motherfucker. Right on, right. <laughs> right on, right on. Yes. So check everyone out there to get us on out of here. Okay, just like Dag Nasty, I can't believe in all these years... We haven't played a single track from Hamilton's NFC, these underground thrashers that have been around for a hell of a long time. Uh, let's go out. They did a split with uh, Toxic Holocaust. You know, shout out to Joel Grind. We've had him on the show. Hopefully, have him on once again. Where NFC did some tracks from toxic toxic did some an epsi song and i love it i love that concept more bands should do that so let's go out with an epsi's version of toxic's hell on earth in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a gone to the movies episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off
Nothing worse than one leaves without a battle bell. Ghosts appear and throw the tombs 